0: welcome to the self-evident podcast our special 7 p.m episode i'm so glad you guys are tuning in Yeah, what's up
1: what's up we're so glad you're here it's unique to be on at seven and we'll see how this goes maybe a better time slot we don't you guys like it we'll keep doing it we're here for you do the commenting below if this is a better time for you yeah so
0: this this episode which we kind of let the cat out of the bag we did some graphics we did some promotions on friday mornings which man that was a good one we do well i i kind of keep mean, us around
1: we're not trying to toot our own horn
0: but toot, toot. probably the best podcast in the ever. nation
1: yeah yeah worldwide you know rogan's yeah.
0: just got a few more viewers than us but that's just because people haven't figured out the greatness that's us <laughs> rogan someday
1: and we're be, humble too. he'll be us yeah one Please day shoot. he'll be like us
0: yeah so before we get started, go to
1: truth.com. Get yourself some merch. I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah, and like and subscribe. You might be able to share this video as well. Share this with as many people as you can. Make sure to get on there. Hit that share button. Liking and subscribing does nothing except help us, uh, and it's it's an effort that you can do for us as well. Exactly. So So
0: we're not going to do news bits tonight. We're going to get right into it. it. We originally we were like oh we'll put it as part of friday's podcast and we got to talking it's like no nah, this deserves its own this deserves special so without much further ado we're going to hand it over to mike and massey at 7 p.m interview time even though they're pre-recorded so we're handing it to our past selves <laughs>
1: who will explain to who, who <laughs> sir is because i don't think you did that at the beginning. Did I? Did no. I not? Okay, so you just in case right in, you, you I did, you went right into question. I did, and I, I like to do that.
0: I like to catch people off guard. Right? Like, Where's like, is he coming
1: from? You're, he's seriously one of the best interviewers ever because he actually you listens guy. to people. So I don't. I'm in the back, man. I'm running everything else.
0: <laughs> Which <laughs> and you then do, I
1: start and then I start squawking. I'm like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> you you do hear? May I ask you plenty. Um, and I realize like halfway through, it's like he's not using his camera angle. No, <laughs> so ah, you're it's you're going to hear a the bad voice angle. It, you know, it, we do got to get a better angle for that. Maybe we should set up a stand. Anyways, yeah, Sarah Maccabee, wife of a man who went to a Trump speech that happened to happen on January sixth to listen to Trump talk, gets involved in an altercation where he is actually defending police officers and providing aid to a woman on the ground. Ends up on a wanted list, ends up arrested, still in prison for this. And the government is doing what the government seems to do lately. Yeah. Sarah McAbee is going around the nation. The thing is, what she's talking about and what her focus is, is so important. And I really ask you to actually watch the interview. Don't make your judgments about who she is. Right. Because I think it's quick to be like, oh, just another Trump supporter who's mad that they got. Stop. Watch the interview. This woman is amazing. And she is a a powerhouse. She is charging forward. She's a leader. And and we support her. And we we left the interview going, whoa. Yeah, this was special. Yeah, this is
1: special. So, guys, you want to tune in as we get ready to hand it off to. Mike and Massey. And this is Mike and Massey signing off. Take it away.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Massey and Mike, for that great intro. We appreciate it. We're big fans of yours. Anyways, all right. Jeez. <laughs> Don't do that <laughs> off, to me, man. Off to a rip roaring start, aren't That's I? That's right, dude? no, dude. Okay, so who we have today? Sarah Maccabee, executive director of Stand in the Gap. Um, Sarah, we're gonna get into your story. I I want to start off actually with kind of an off kilter question, but there's a reason I'm gonna do this, and it. it I just told you, I'm not going to blindside you, but I'm going to catch you (laughs) a little off guard because I I think it's good. Who do you think frustrates you the most in this whole situation?
2: The people who are supposed to represent us, the people that we supposedly elect into the government to represent us that don't do anything for their own constituents. I think that's like the most frustrating thing, right, is like we live in a red state and these people are supposed to be, you know, America first people. Yet we have somebody like Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty who represent us that said to their own constituents, we are not going to certify this election. January 6th happens, they come back and they certify the election. And there is no accountability for that among her own, their own constituents.
0: Right. And uh, I feel like it's one of those situations where, and I I know you've kind of been on the whole gamut, right? You've been... From the top levels down to the bottom levels, getting your story out, and we will get into the story in a second. But I think it's important to kind of connect with the emotional side, right? Because yeah. you're you're probably doing a lot of interviews, a lot of public nature of it, and everybody goes, "Okay, well, tell me your story and, and tell me, you know." But like, I there's a person here, yeah, who's frustrated, yeah, right, and and I want to know, you know. We don't tend to see the obstacles. We tend to see Sarah doing an interview and, oh, there's a frustrating thing, which, you know, we'll talk about in a sec. But you're a person who is like inside and, and I want them connecting with it. And so it's let's go back to the beginning. Um, just as a, a quick summary, and then I want you to kind of fill in the the details of it. Your husband Roland. Ronald. Ronald. It's
2: okay. It's it, okay. It was, he really goes by Colton, his middle name. Okay. <laughs> it's okay.
0: So I apologize because I swear the text said Roland. Yeah, no, I'm okay. so sorry. Ronald. You wouldn't
2: be the first one to do that.
1: Okay. So Roy. <laughs> Way to blow it, pal. <laughs> yeah. Way to blow I, I knew the name. <laughs> <laughs> I read the email. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So Reggie.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry. But
0: uh, so Ronald, he goes off for January 6th, mm-hmm. right? Um, What was his intention leaving the door that day?
2: Really just to air his grievances because he was political before this, not as political as he is now, but um, he believed that the election was stolen and Mm -hmm. he had never heard Trump speak before in person. And he really thought with the way the country was going that this was going to be the last time that he had the opportunity to hear him speak. And so a friend at the time actually invited him to go. He wasn't going to go if it wasn't for that friend inviting him. (sighs)
0: Okay, so he, he gets there. Are you in contact with him while he's there? Or, yeah,
2: you know? the, I had heard from him that morning, and then I had been to a Trump rally before, so I knew that once he got into the crowd, like there was going to be no yeah. cell phone service, yeah. so I didn't expect to hear from him and I didn't. Actually, I was at home working, and in between projects, I was watching Fox News to see what was going on. I watched the speech, and I was actually on a Zoom call with my boss, and he was like, do you see what's happening right now? And I was like, no, and he was like, We're going to get off this call. Go watch the news. And that is when they were like, they're storming the Capitol. And then you heard that somebody was shot and killed. And it was just like my heart just sank in that moment because I knew my husband was in that crowd. And I knew who my husband was as a first responder and somebody that helps people. I was like, he's probably just running around trying to help anybody and everybody that he can. And then I got the phone call.
0: When did you get that phone call?
2: It was um, about 530 Eastern time when he was walking away from the Capitol. And he told me everything that had happened. He told me that, uh, that he was trying to save a woman's life and that she had died. And I was like, I saw that on TV. And I was like, but I didn't think you went inside the Capitol. And he was like, I didn't. He was like there was a woman that, that died outside of the Capitol. The police were beating her. And it took us months to find any evidence about that. But from that day till today, his story has never changed.
0: Of course. You know, it's like... And I think what gets frustrating is you get these people who they're there to do good, right? Like, he was there to do good. Right. And you see this massive machine suddenly start rolling over people. And and it's kind of like... And and there's been other cases where it's like they weren't doing anything. Right. What's going on here? Um so he calls you as he's walking away, he tells you everything. Mm -hmm. Um so then is there kind of a a gap of like, Okay, that was a crazy event and then and then kind of lead me through the next steps of how Yeah, he came home the
2: next day. And I really didn't think anything about it at the end of the month in January of 2021. We knew he was on the FBI wanted list. But like there was nobody telling us, hey, you need to turn yourself in. Like, I mean, they were putting everybody on there. And so it was kind of just like, "Okay, this is going to go away in a few months because we knew what happened that day. Right. When he came home on the 7th, I was like, you're going to receive an award or be honored for the things that you did that day. You know, stepping into action to help. And I didn't think twice about it until they came for him in August.
0: How did you guys find out he was on the FBI wanted list?
2: The guy that he went with called and said, hey, just so you know, we're on the list. Jeez. But there were hundreds, if not thousands of people on the list by that point.
0: Right. So so you find out he's on the list. You're kind of thinking, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of people and, you know, right. go figure. It'll, it'll, so how did the arrest happen? What?
2: So he was actually identified in May. May 26th by um, somebody. I hope I never find out who they are. Right. Um, But it sounded like maybe somebody from our hometown saw them on the news um, Mm. because MSNBC was playing the scene and trying to – you know, paint him as this crazed Trump supporter who was attacking police, and they had to pull it off live air because Roseanne Boylan was being beaten in the corner, and they didn't even realize that. Jeez. And so um, I think that's somebody from his hometown probably tipped him off, yeah. and because there were things that just didn't add up along the way about current events that happened in our life that they didn't know anything about, so it couldn't have been somebody super close to us. Right. Um, and then that's when they went on the hunt for him, and they went to all the different agencies that he had worked for, and they um, actually took him at work um, on August 17th. in the morning, I was traveling for work. I' had left um, four days prior traveling on the West Coast, and I was trying to get a hold of him that morning, but he had just got a new boss at work. And so I called twice and the second time he forwarded my call, and so I was like, he'll call, you yeah. know, when he can, right?" And um, I had gone downstairs in the hotel, and I received this unknown call. I didn't answer it usually don't right right, right. <laughs> let it go to so voicemail Florida number yeah. and i was yeah. like what the heck and um actually they they immediately they didn't even leave a voicemail they called back so i answered it and they were like is this miss Mackey and you know that's never a good call right and i was like it is and they're like this is so and so with the fbi we apprehended your husband and we were about to raid your house <laughs> and so it was really what? like this what the surreal heck? yeah it was like this surreal moment where i was like Almost like an outer body experience, honestly, because the person kept talking on the phone, but it was like I was like going through it. Yes. And so, um, you know, I just pleaded with them. I was like, I have dogs that are in crates, you know, one of special needs because I've heard horror stories on how they attack people's houses and stuff. And so they said this was um, an easier approach to get him the softer Mm. approach to take him at work. Um, But come to find out our house was raised, our porch was raised, and so they couldn't have gotten a battering ram in there if they wanted to. <laughs> and so I think that's why, Jeez. you know, so they right. they took Unreal. him and apprehended him. I hopped on the next flight home and I met my family there. And um, everybody in our life was like, he literally did nothing that day. Even somebody that we know that worked for the Department of Justice was like, he'll be home. Like, don't worry about it. Right. And so now it's a running joke that this is the longest 48 hours of our life. <laughs> <laughs> he's still not home. Right? <laughs> right. Um, and so it was really just like this crazy surreal moment of it's the federal government against you. Right. You know what I mean? When we walked into that courtroom the first time and they were like the United States of America versus Ronald Colton McAbee, that's when it was really like, it just echoed in the room. Right. And it was like, oh my God. Right. And so, um, you know, we went through, we did everything that you're taught to do. You cooperate with them. You, you know, give the, they took 14 items from our house, including our front porch flag. <laughs> you know, just crazy wild things like evidence that. against you, right. right? Yeah, and he was like, he told him every, you know, they wanted the clothes from that day. He told him where they were at. You know, it was like he he was cooperative in every way possible, and um, we went in front of the judge, and within with the first hearing is bond. This first initial bond hearing was mm-hmm. um nine days after he was apprehended, and um, we went in front of the judge, and within five minutes they were presenting evidence that we had never had. And so we were like, we have to be go into recess. So they were, in uh, the very beginning, withholding this exculpatory evidence.
1: Yeah, isn't that illegal to do if they don't present it to your lawyers first? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this
2: whole thing you would think would be illegal, right? It gets better. So, I mean,
1: not that I'm shocked or anything. <laughs> right. I just want the viewers, because a lot of them don't know the law or whatever. Yeah. So, just.
2: Well, we thought we knew how the law worked. Of course. Right? And we were Because like, your lawyer's What's going telling you here? too, you right? know? Yeah. So, we go back a week later. It was a Friday before uh, Labor Day, and the FBI agent called in sick that morning.
0: Of course. Holiday weekend. <laughs> so, now my
2: husband has to sit in jail again over the weekend. And we go back the following Wednesday, and the judge in the Middle District of Tennessee was like, "There's no reason for me to detain this man. Like right. you're you're trying to fight that he is an endanger to the comu- a danger to the community. But he was a law enforcement officer for seven years. Right. Never had a strike on his record. Hardly a, a speeding ticket if he was lucky. Right. And now you're trying to say that this man is a danger to the community. Like there's just no way. Granted him bond. The government immediately appealed it." So then it went to the the uh, judge in D.C. Emmett Sullivan, who within five minutes of the next hearing at the end of the month, which also they lost him in the system.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> so we were supposed to have a hearing, and they're like, we don't know where he's at.
0: Yeah, which train car is he on?
1: <laughs> like, like dude, yeah. it's it, so. Is this is this basically like? Would you consider? I mean, we all know now when uh, the new speaker of the house came in and started releasing information. This was a witch hunt on these guys, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, that's really what it was. it was. Yeah. If you want to take it for face value, because a lot of people say, "Oh, there's a lot of conspiracies." No, this is legit. They were witch hunting these guys to make something about Trump and the whole thing. And that's that's something that that I want people to realize
0: is like, some people think, "Oh, well, you know, it was it was a bad judge who you know kind of threw the book at somebody." No, this is this is a system, and I, I want yeah. you to continue. Dude. But this is a systematic. Uh, This is baked into it. That's right.
2: Come
1: against us or else. Watch. Right. You know what I mean?
2: So that's what they said. So, not only, so we go in front of this judge, Emmett Sullivan, um, who is also the one that was presiding over General Flynn's case when the government was like, we don't want to proceed anymore. And he was like, no, no, we're proceeding. Right. Also, you would think would be against the law. They're trying to drop the case. And the judge is like, nope, we're proceeding forward. Um, Called him a terrorist. On record within five minutes of a bond hearing of a bond hearing, no audio played. He hasn't
1: been convicted of anything.
2: No, a bond hearing. Yes.
1: (laughs) This sounds like the uh, Maine's. Right, um, right. We don't need a charge. You're an
0: insurrectionist.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and so in that hearing, they literally said, "If you wanted to protest what you believe to be a stolen election, you should have done it in Nashville. You had no right coming to Washington D.C." No, no, no. Um, did, did we not read the First rights. Amendment? W- right. What
1: petition yes. the government for redress of grievances? My goodness.
2: Yeah. yeah. I just—they I just, tell you that
1: your face is everything right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just so I and, don't want to put the camera I, on I, me, I'm, but you, I'm
0: not even. I'm guessing. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing your lawyer was trying to figure something Hopefully. out in all of this, right? Yeah. So. But,
2: the audio, you know, is the the reason the government never wanted to play the audio because it exonerated him. Right. Right. You're looking at this video, with no audio. And you're like, man, there's chaos going around. This guy's a bad dude. What is he doing? And then you turn on the audio and he's like, I'm helping you. I'm one of you. Right. Stop killing that girl. The cop says thank you, acknowledges that he's helping, you right. know, so it completely blows their case. Even in trial. Right. Two and a half years later, we finally make it to trial. The government never once played the audio. Their videos were either sped up <laughs> or slowed down or had no audio. The defense had to be the one to present this, and yeah. even with the audio, it didn't seem to matter.
0: and what was your lawyer kind of saying in the background Good question. about as as he's watching all of this unfold or she I think it,
2: in the bond hearing
0: it, through all of it, but yeah, especially the bond hearing, like yeah. you come away from a judge saying that it's like
2: yeah i'm th- they've never seen this before. you know what i mean even the in our bond hearing with our initial attorney we didn't have he just said go listen to the audio right because it was so new into this that there wasn't we hadn't pulled the audio clips we hadn't pulled his voice from it and it's a bond hearing like why (laughs) you you should be looking at you know the 27 years of his life prior to this day and even the judge in the middle district of tennessee said so you knew about this man on May 26th when somebody identified him and you went on a hunt and then you found him. So you basically knew about this man for almost 90 days before you apprehended him. You were surveilling their house. You were watching him and his wife go to and (coughs) from work, to and from the airport, the grocery store, church, all of this. And you never apprehended him until the 17th of August. And you had had a warrant two weeks prior. Why is he a danger to the community now? That's what the judge said. And so he is the one that granted bond, and it was appealed. And so, I mean, he has been incarcerated since then. Jeez. Hmm. So, you know, it's like these attorneys. I was with a a federal prosecutor for over 30 years um, the other day doing an interview, and he was just so— baffled he was like sarah i just have no words i've never seen this i argued in front of the judge that granted your husband bond on several occasions and if that man said that he should be granted bond he should be granted bond right like just because the government didn't like it and took it to dc when they knew yeah any judge in dc and
0: and how often would a bond get appealed by the government right like only in january six only exactly like 99.9 percent of the time the government says okay whatever you know well Mm -hmm. unless like and that's that's where this whole railroading idea is is like there's so many facets to it but that especially sticks out to me of like okay you you're going out of your way on this you're going out of your way to railroad somebody
2: yeah the amount of money that they have to spend i mean we had the bond hearing in the Middle District of Tennessee. We had two bond hearings in Washington, D.C. in front of Emmett Sullivan and a bond hearing in front of uh, Contreras when Sullivan was removed from the case. So how much did the government have to pay every single time that we had a bond hearing. That's right. And then keeping him incarcerated. Like, how much did, you know, the, the U.S. Marshals have to, because technically he's U.S. Marshal custody until he is sentenced and handed over to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Jeez. So he is still U.S. Marshal custody. So they rent space from these jails. So every place that he was held, they are renting a bed, is basically yeah. wh- how they call it. And they're given $400 to take care of these people, each bed that they rent, I just know it as $400, it's probably more now, right. uh, thanks to Biden. But um, so they are still paying this. They wouldn't have had to pay that right. if he was out on bond, even with stipulations of house arrest or having to have a job or the things that they put in place to make sure that you are who you say you are. For how many days? Over a thousand for these people? Jeez.
1: Talk about a speedy trial. I was just thinking, like, yeah.
0: talk about First Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Yeah, you could argue the Fourth Amendment and all of this. But I do
1: think this is why conservatives need to really understand the Constitution. Because I right. think a lot of people say, this is unconstitutional. It's unlawful, blah, blah, blah. Well, you have nothing to reference because a lot of us are conservatives. We believe in the old school, get America back to what it was kind of thing. But to study really and understand the law, you got to have lawyers. I mean, that's why COVID was such a big thing. Now you're seeing Liberty Council win c- cases that were... 3 4 years ago they just got something now. Right. So that's why it's like and it's almost a scare tactic in a sense where it's like come against us dude. It absolutely we're going to show, we're gonna show you. Tactic. We're going to show you if you come against us even hard enough. You know and, what
0: I mean? And I cannot remember
1: their names, but remember we interviewed the people oh, who's it from Texas where, Oh, Joey Lynn Massaros. Yeah. They, you, do you know her? No. So she was the one that when the Biden bus was uh driving through Texas, their mm-hmm. trucks, they had all trucks that were like lined up with Trump flags. Yeah. And they charged them with this like, it was like eighteen something. uh, It was like a a civil war law that it was like discrimination because Kamala and Joe felt harassed and threatened. That's what it was. Yeah, and they're still they're still right now on trial. Like they've been. It's what been five years. And just another one to follow. But just they they can't get any headway right now. But yours is a different case having your husband.
2: uh, Yeah, but I going back to fear faith and fear can't coexist they can't right Right? and so we have all these conservatives that are like oh we're so sorry we're thinking and praying for you but like how about you put some action behind your words because apathy is a very real thing of enough good people in america sitting back doing nothing that's why we are where we are in a country bingo and that's what they did with january 6th people don't want to go to a rally anymore to support anybody because they are fearful Oh, if I go to this, even if I do nothing wrong, if I go, I'm forever on a list. Because now it's come out by U.S. Marshal Whistleblower that if you were in the vicinity of Washington, D.C., if you went to Dulles, BWI or Reagan and you just happened to stop over, D.C. wasn't your final destination from January 3rd to January 7th of 2021, you will forever be on an FBI wanted list watch list. (laughs) Even if even if you were there for work, Dang for a it. funeral, for whatever, I was
1: actually invited to go too by Sons of History. <laughs> That's okay. I we're was invited the, to go. I'm sure we're on the list for something else anyway. I know, so. but <laughs> but she's right. And this hopefully goes to the conservative listening, and they should follow you on Twitter. By the way, uh, is it the real J6Sarah? Is that what yes. it is? Yes. At the real J6Sarah, I'm just reading through your profile and stuff like that. So good stuff, by the way. But like this should go to everybody. It's easy to be a keyboard warrior. It's right. so freaking easy to sit back and do nothing. Then you say, God bless us, God this, you know what I mean? And yet your nation is dying, your kids are being subjugated, people are being thrown in jail illegally, right? Homes are being raided, uh, the uh, swatted, Republicans are being swatted for crying in the mud, right? And this is why, because eventually it's going to come after you. Really, it'll be, I'm praying against this. I don't want to be a doom and gloomer. We have to stand because I don't want it to get to the point where they're just going to swat you because you're a Christian. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're doing something wrong with your kids. But This goes even farther because it's like he just and he wasn't even doing anything. He was just to support the president. That's all he was doing. And then helping someone not get beat up, you know, and then they put you on some list. And then all of a sudden you're uh, it's it's crazy how they don't want you to label someone if they're black, if they're transgender, if they're all these things. Right. For the narrative. But dang it, boy! If you supported Trump in any way around that time, you're a J sixer. You're and what is a J sixer? What the flip is that? The, uh, Republic? I want the Republic back. Let's yeah. follow our Constitution. Anyway, well, and, and I digress.
0: You get a a you get a system that it's very insecure and fearful. Right, mm-hmm. the Absolutely. system itself Absolutely. is insecure. Yeah. That's why and they're fearful. doing it. That's why they do it because they don't they don't trust their people. The problem afraid, is, dude when you're afraid and you don't trust your people you make your people more more distrustful 100%. of you so it's it's a uh circling down the drain and honestly like open letter to the people who are fomenting this the fbi marshals judges like yep. really stop and think about where you're going with this think about what this is going to do if you keep going down this pathway and putting what we can truly and honestly say, innocent people yeah. in prison, where does it end? And we've watched this in a myriad of other countries. Mm-hmm. At some point, it gets turned on you. So even if I'm not going to make the oral, moral argument in this open monologue to those who are listening, who who FBI handlers, at some point, it will get turned on you.
2: I mean, you want to talk about fear. Not only they're in instilling fear into American citizens. I mean, I believe that's why our representatives won't do anything, because they are also fearful. Right. They're fearful for their families. They're fearful for what they have on them for blackmail, because I truly believe that there are good people that go to work in Washington, D.C. for us. Yeah. But I think that there's a behind the doors meeting not long after they get there. Because they go on all these promises and I do believe that they have Agreed. really good intentions. But I think they are confronted by whatever you want to call it, the deep state, the you yeah. know, the black hats, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think they're confronted by them and they say, Hey, we have all of this on you. So you're gonna vote the way we want you to, That's or exactly X, it. Y, and Z is going to happen. To affirm
1: yeah. it, that actually happens. Uh, several of my friends, I'm from Minnesota, and several of my friends, when they went to State House, they went to the Republican side and the Republicans all have a meeting and they're like welcoming the freshmen. And then, and then they go, well. Now we need you to sign this. That whatever vote we want. And this is the Republicans. This is yeah. the Democrats. This is the deep state. This is the Republicans. You vote like us. You be like us. And one of my buddies turned it down. And um, gosh, it was so terrible what happened to him. He was like blackballed the whole time. Yeah, can't do anything. Can't pass a bill. They won't put you on any committees because right. you're not towing the line.
2: Right. We hit.
1: and this is Republicans and, we're talking about.
0: And and we have somebody we're acquainted with in Florida who same thing doesn't tow the party line and, and is willing yep. to step yeah. up and stand against, well, you're trash to us now. Yeah. Um, and there was a book that came out, uh, anonymous author, Congressman X, and I don't remember the title of the book, but it basically made the same argument. You get hauled in front of them when you first get in, and they tell you, you're going to vote our way or you'll never get on a committee. And that's how they do it, right? It is the, the system protects itself at the top. Yep. Right. And you've got to have trailblazers like you who are willing to go forward i'm i'm sure there are plenty of people plenty of wives who are like i just i i hope the system yeah finally writes itself so, and i i think there's a, a sense of shock and I, I want you to speak into this um yep. i think for a lot of people they're stuck in that sense of shock of like okay this is a bad dream this will solve itself um you do you kind of have that period of time where it was like, this is a bad dream. It'll just, it'll yeah, all no, come.
2: I, you know, and, and my husband's case is so different than, you know, there were bad things that happened on January 6th. And I do believe yeah. that a lot, there were some bad actors there a hundred percent, but I do think that people got caught up in the moment and things happened Like, you know, they were witnessing police beating people, you right. know, elderly women, you know? And so, um... But they shouldn't. The process is the punishment for this sure. instance. But specifically in my husband's case, there's a lot of people that are overcharged and overpunished, but my husband's a completely innocent man. Yeah. You want to slap him with a trespassing charge? Slap him with a trespassing p- charge and, like, let's move on with our life. But I, I truly believe that the Lord, you know, clearly has his hand in everybody's life, but the way he aligns people, you know, we don't have children. It's just my husband and I. Right. And um, so I I don't have... I do have a lot to lose. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's a lot of wives and and mothers out there who still have to run a family and they they want to, it's hard for them to be in the limelight because of their kids, right? Because they're fearful of of what's going to happen to them in school with teachers, you know, how they're going to be viewed and what happens in their life. And so you do, you have this great community of people and it takes everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you need the people in the front and you need people in the back. And so I just think that we have to be the voice for them. Exactly. You know, we have to be a voice for the, the individuals that are incarcerated because they have a gag order on them. Yeah. But we also have to be a voice for the individuals that are on the outside that are still too fearful to even step up even after it's affected them personally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we've, I, we've I, had I, to teach our boys this. Yeah. I mean, dude, daddy and Mike, we're going out there preaching, man. We're, when we get written up, you're going to believe what you want to believe, buddy. Yeah. But just do your homework. I mean, it's it's what they say is, you know, does Daddy do that? You're they're with me in every tour. You know what I mean? And the junk they say, boy, oh yeah, it's unbelievable. And I, it's it's funny actually. It's like, wow, that's it's a, comical. That's a it's where they come up. Stretch,
2: with that. yeah, it's
1: fair <laughs> yeah. stretch.
2: Yeah,
1: remember the New York Times lady? Oh just yeah, just send me yeah. all your slides. I just want to just go through them. You <laughs> yeah, know? of course, because your you're side. trustworthy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what's your email again? <laughs> Take me to dinner first. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Let's go to the steakhouse. Oh my gosh So what's Sarah If I could ask I don't want to impose Mike's such a good interviewer But What now Like what are we What are we waiting on What do we have to do How can And I'm not ending it I'm saying What do we do Like what do we do To get behind this thing
2: Um, there's a lot of different things people can do as simple as writing, you know, finding your, your January 6th defendant there's, there's, um, out of 50 States, there's one from 49. Hmm. And so get on a local level, find your local January 6th defendant, get to know them, get to know their families, what their needs are. Um, because there's a, you know, some people are very well off and so they don't need financial help, but they might need moral support and they yeah. might need emotional support where you have some people that their families yep. have been absolutely destroyed. So be there for their children, be there for right. their wife, because I think that's the most disheartening thing out of all of this is I ask myself, where are the churches? Where are <laughs> the churches? You will go help somebody in the community if their house burns down. You'll go help somebody in the community if if the dad has lost their life, lost their job, whatever that might be. But because you brand these people as January 6th, where are you, churches? Why Why aren't you helping the families? Yeah. It's not even necessarily about the defendants. There's plenty of help out there for the defendants, and it's continuing to rise as we go into this 2024 election season. But where are the churches for these mm. families that have been absolutely destroyed at the hands of the federal government?
0: And that's... Man, that gets into, I was in prison and you fed me, yeah. right? And and I think a big part of that is, I don't think most Christians have realized that the government is not for them anymore. Right. Because um, we, for, for decades, one could argue centuries, we've had the mindset of, mm-hmm. well, America is a Christian foundation nation and government goes that route. Yeah. And now we're witnessing... The real-time change where all of a sudden the church is not yeah. protected by the government the church is now starting to become really an enemy and i think christians have to make that mind switch mm-hmm. of we've got to take care of each other because now all of a sudden yep. we have somebody who's a bit of an adversary and, yep. and, and i'm not saying like so you're an adversary against right. the government but the government's not necessarily there for your good. Well, we're actually yeah, supposed to be. We're supposed to be adversaries
1: Real. if they're disobedient. That's the point. Right. You know what I mean? If they're Because that's what I think churches lack. You know, we all know the scriptures. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. That word destroyed in the Hebrew means silenced. And so what happens is a lot of these guys, they don't want to be involved because it's just not what Jesus would have done. It's like, bro, read any historical yeah. character in the Bible, they confronted governments. And so what happens is, too, since we don't get all that information right, they're like, I don't know if I want to talk about that. I don't want to, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's really ridiculous uh, it, what happens, you know? And they lack realization. They yeah, lack right. realization real. that this is, this is where we're at. For real. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think people want to quote, quote scripture all the time. And like, that's great. But do you know the context of right. what that scripture is? And do you know the stories in the Bible? Like God didn't choose people that you would think that he would right. choose. Right. And he equipped those people. Mm-hmm. To do their task at hand, right? right. I mean, yeah. you look at all the people, you know, you look at the, the, even the big names that were in the Bible, like people need to know their stories. Like, that's right. Before they were big names, get to know their backstories yeah. and yeah. how they were chosen. You yeah. Know?
1: He- Hebrews 11, you're talking about the Hall of Fame of Faith. There was like 29 names. Out of that, 20 of them were all involved in government in some way, shape, or form. And yeah. it's, that's the history we don't know about. A lot of these guys did confront the prophets, confronted kings. I mean, it's, you can't really get around what the Bible was about. Right. Even Paul writing Romans 13, which every pastor misquotes or doesn't do their homework on. Remember they were talking in a monarchy and we're not a monarchy. We're a Republic. No. They're supposed right. to adhere to the constitution. Right. And most pastors. And it's funny because the pastor invited us both to be on a podcast soon. He's like, I don't know anything, but I know this is a question. my people ask me all the time is how do can we be? Should we be? It's like, where else are you going to be yeah. in your home? Right. Like, our kids are losing. Our governments. That's well you you complain, but you're not involved. I, you know. I, yeah. I think
0: that's what drives me the most nuts us. is the system. It's it's attacking us. So stand up, like so, do something you know, about do it. Something. Bingo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, it, and people are so fearful, right? And and they don't do anything until it personally affects them. But you right. think about even in the Bible about the woman who literally gave everything she had. And yep. it was next to nothing, so but she gave it all. And then she was blessed by the Lord. And that's yeah. what we have to go back to in our faith is what the Lord takes away. He will give abundance later. That's right. But he's also going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we have. It's, it's called a faith walk for a reason. And we might not know what the next day looks like, but we still have to get up out of bed. You know what, I 100%. hope every day that I get up out of bed and my feet at the floor, I hope the devil's like, my God, she's up again. <laughs> really, because that that's what we need to be in this in this world. We need to right. be a light to these people. And we just have to pray for the strength. We just have to say, Lord, like, give me the strength to get through today. Let me be a vessel. Put these people in my life. Because there are people that aren't like that. But we have to love them where they are at. And we have to meet their needs. You know, we, we don't give... give pamphlets to the homeless people and say see you at church on sunday that's yeah, not right. that's not james what james actually need. talks against be well fed. that
1: <laughs> yeah james yeah. actually talks against that be warmed and filled yeah yeah um so you you just remind me your story you know and i'm not trying to compare you to her you know like a riley gains you know you guys are just thrust into this yeah whole thing if you could convey that to the listener what that takes to hold on to your faith because I think that's a big one too. You nobody was ready. I don't think no. Riley yourself right. you're, you're never your husband was ready to get thrown into the into the into the den here, but she did and you are. And even now you're still quoting scripture and saying, "Man, I hope the devil, you know, says that about me." That takes guts, but yeah. I'm sure there are mornings you're like, "Dang it, I wish this could all end." Right? For sure. So, can you explain to the listener what that takes to stay in faith even in the midst of all of this? That make sense?
2: Yeah, you know, I look at my relationship with God just like I would any other relationship, right? It's not all happy all the time right there's times where i'm i'm i am i i do not even have any words That's what the and bible just, says <laughs> right? must not be very patient, for me, not against me man <laughs> you know <laughs> but for there, my good. there's times where i don't even have the words where I ju- they're just tears you yeah. know what i mean but i look at god as my friend i look at god as my father in that kind of personal relationship where it's like i might not have the right words to say there's times i'm going to be very angry with him but then there's there's the joyous times too, where I'm like, Lord, I saw your hand in this situation that hindsight's always 2020, right. right? And I didn't know what you were doing at the time, but you were moving this for this to happen in the future. And so I think that's the thing is you you I don't know how you go through life and specifically this situation without having any sort of hope. And I don't put my faith in man, right? Donald Trump coming back would be wonderful. He's the one that said that these people will get their pardons, there'll be investigations. So that would be absolutely wonderful. But what are we going to do if we didn't fix 2020? Why do we think there's going to be a 2024? 100%. I, you know, we have to be realistic with all of this. But at the same time, that's why we have to put pressure on our congressional members to actually do something. Mm-hmm. Or even, uh, even on the local level, people that hold any sort of power to do something. Because we have our faith in man, or we have our faith in God, not in man. But man has to do something. Right. right.
0: And that's, I think that's something that we run into is people are like, well, you know, God, God's going to do what He's going to do we're the body of Christ. That's right. We're the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. Right. So if we're the body of Christ, God imparts his will to us and then our obedience carries it out. Right. And, and I think you know speaking to the listeners and to the viewers, decide what the Lord's calling you to and actually step out and do it. Right. Um and trailblazers like yourself, I, I really consider you a trailblazer because not everybody is going to push forward like most people would fold most people would fold they go oh that's a big government i just i'm gonna i'm gonna sit and pray nothing wrong with praying obviously right Right. but if the lord's putting on your heart to go out and start pushing there's a lot of people go "Ah, i don't know lord that's that's iffy like it does take faith to step out and so i i do want to commend you of like you're following the faith walk and you're stepping out going lord I see an injustice, I'm going forward, I've got to fight this fight, and I know you're with me, right? Um, And I I do want to ask, like, (laughs) what are some things the Lord has told you throughout this?
2: That's a good question. You know, people are like, how do you talk to the Lord? And, you know, it's like it's not like you hear this voice come out of the sky. And it's like, you need to do this. (laughs) You know, it's just like I just always feel like if there's something that's on your heart time and time again, then you need to do something about Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? And it might not we might not have the right words, but but saying something is better than saying nothing. Right. Right. And so reaching out to these um, people and just saying, hey, I'm here. I'm a friend. I'm a listening ear building those types of relationships, because you never know what's going on in someone's life. Right. You know, not only they might be dealing with the situation of January 6th, but there's little battles along the way, too, that we have to fight, you know, with our families, with our workplace, whatever it might look like, you know. And you never know when you're going to be there for somebody when they needed it the most. Or say, saying something similar to what they needed to hear it might not even be the right words, as I said, but it might just needed to be that something, that somebody was there You know, you were talking about faith and they talk about faith the size of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. I mean, you were talking about, you know, walking on water when Mm -hmm. when there was rough waters. That's what this is like. But the Lord is there every step of the way, Mm -hmm. you know, and just meeting these these people and seeing the Lord's connections. You know, I I've always said from the beginning that this has to be bigger than any of us could ever fathom. Mm -hmm. And I say that more now than I even did back then, because we're not out of this yet. I mean, this is, a, this is a spiritual war that we are in right now between good and evil. We just can't even see it. These are the little battles that we're fighting along the way. You know, this is the biggest, uh, January 6th is the biggest manhunt in FBI history. So what we are literally witnessing American history in front of our eyes. These guys are going to stand up on the right side of history. And I think it's being a voice for them. You know, finding these ways to alleviate the burden. We're not going to stop what federal law enforcement is doing, and we're not going to change this system overnight. But what we can do is be the hands and feet of Christ right. and go out there. And, you know, one of the things that we've helped with is visitation for families. They weren't able to see their loved ones for two years. Two years, they couldn't even lay eyes on their loved ones. It was a year and a half before I saw my husband. I didn't even know if he was okay, how he was looking physically, yeah. you know. And, and they can sound great on the phone for 15 minutes, but what is the rest of their 23 hours and 45 minutes look like in their day, you know? And so it's just praying over people, even even our enemies. You know, that's something very hard to do, is to pray for the prosecution, is to pray for the judge. And, and I pray that their hearts are convicted and that they realize what they're doing is wrong before it's too late. You know, you have these FBI whistleblowers and these U.S. Marshal whistleblowers. There's other people in these three-letter organizations that feel convicted in their heart that are too scared to do anything. So we just continue to pray that they step forward because faith is, is all it is, is to say, you know what, Lord, I I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I don't know how I'm going to make my house payment if I leave. I don't know how I'm going to make my car payment or provide for my family, but I know that you're going to provide for me. Yeah. And it's faith.
0: No, and I, I love that because I think, I think when people watch a story like yours, they, they, they don't tend to think about the details, right? right. So you, you see the story on the news. It, I think the fleeting thought is, oh, well, you know, they're, They've got a lawyer and and they're fighting the case and and they're they're doing their thing, but y- you go home at night right. and you have house payments and you have car bills and and you've got stresses at work and you you've got okay uh, I have no food in the fridge and I've got you know like yeah we internalize our own personal stories and we internalize the details of our stories but when we watch somebody else's story so often we kind of gloss over it and and. I think it's important for people to understand that you have a, a you're living life 24/7 and and this whole event going on let's stop and understand there are hundreds, thousands of families that are having to live this whole process while they're still living life. Yeah. And and like you said, it you don't have children which Forgive me, but that's a blessing in this situation, yes. yeah. you know, because I think about my kids. I'm sure Massey thinks about his kids like that's a whole nother dynamic yeah. to the whole thing. And so yeah. then you think about these these moms who have kids and their husband is in prison and and they're trying to meet the bills and take care of the kids. And it, it's like I say that as an encouragement to all of our listeners and viewers of stop for a moment and and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and then see, OK, what would I want somebody helping me with what right. what would i want somebody to do for me and most of the time that's how are you doing yeah. what can i pray for hey let me cover your your house bill or let right. me cover your food bill for a month you know like those type of gifts those type of of being the hands and feet of christ that's where the fight is because i think most people take it and it, it's too big for them and and at the risk of of standing on my soapbox for a second i had a guy one time at an event we were talking about everything going on and he walks up and he's he's like i've been a firefighter for 31 years this is just too much this is this is too overwhelming i and i asked i asked him i said well if you run up on a industrial plant fire you'll just start spraying wildly right well no of course not yeah you pick your spot, you know your job, you know your role, you know what you're supposed to do. You take care of that, and you trust that other people are going to take care of their jobs to do it, do what they right. need to do. And I think we all have to take a step back, and I, I love how you put it, because a lot of people will put it as, oh, well, just go out and fight, and we got to tear this system. And you correctly said, that's massive. What are we doing for the people who right. are going through it? And I think for our listeners and our viewers, it's time to think about what can you do in your role? What's your lane? If you're not called to fight the big monster, that's okay. There's still somebody next to you who could use
1: <laughs> help. Right? Yeah. Feed the monster then. You know what I mean? Go go feed the person fighting. Right? Right, right, right. It's so crazy, dude. You read David's story too, right? When he goes and he's just going to go feed his brothers. He shows up, there's a fight. Right? Isn't that crazy? He went to go feed his brothers and all of a sudden there's Goliath. It's right. all I'm doing, man. I'm just here. I just want to help my brothers. And then, right. bam. You know what I mean? So, so you may good. find yourself even being an ally in the fight if you get involved. Right. Like right. you don't realize you feeding your brothers right will help contribute to the fight and win. Right. And so that's that's another thing I wanted to ask you, Sarah. What uh, w- what what can we do for you? Stand in the gap. Could you explain all that real fast? And well, not real fast. You do what you want.
2: Yeah. Because it's your time. <laughs> it's not my time. It's your time. It's your okay. time.
1: It's your time. So what, 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 how can we find you? How do we help? What do we do?
2: Yeah. Going back to explaining this to the general public, right? Because it is a lot to take in. You know, there's 1,200 families that are affected by this and growing every single day. They're still making arrests. People are still arriving in Washington, D.C.'s jail. Um, you know, go to church, pick row number 19, tell all of the men to stand up, whether they're 18 or 68 years old, take them away from their families immediately, and how are those families going to react? not only they most of the time lost the breadwinner of their family, they lost an income, a father, a son, you know, a husband, gone, just vanished, right? And you you have so much unknown in front. of You, you don't know when they're coming home. You don't know when you're going to talk to them next. You don't know if they're okay. But your life goes on. You know what I mean? You've had parents that have passed since they've been in there. You've had divorces that have happened. You've had just these family dynamics. And so, when we're trying to be the hands and feet of Christ, it doesn't always have to be with the giant. No. It needs to be on a local level sure. where we are helping these families figure it out, walking this path with them. You know, I say all the time that the Lord sends storms into our life to to break these branches and, and to clear our path ahead because even in our situation, there were people who left us that we never thought were going to leave us. You know, you, you ask yourself, where's the loyalty, family, friends, you know? But they weren't meant to be on this journey with us. They just were not equipped to do so. But the beautiful side of this is that you've had incredible patriots that have come alongside of you and have filled that void. You know. And in this horrific mess, we founded a nonprofit foundation called Stand in the Gap. You can go to standinthegap.foundation to learn more. Um, but through that, we realized that there were a lot of needs not being met for January 6th defendants and their families. And it started with January 6th, but it's not going to end with January 6th. Because as you said earlier, this is a systematic problem. And and even if those 1,200 people became exonerated and there was investigations into this, it cannot happen again. It can't. On on any sort of level, you look at the recidivism rate within America. It's the highest in the world. We incarcerate more people in America than any other country in the world. That is a problem. And then how, how can men be fathers? How can they be husbands? You know, it, it, and there's women involved too, but most of, most of them are men, you know, and so this is a problem. And so we want to alleviate the burden for January 6th families, and that's the one side of what we do. But the other side is fixing the systematic error and saying, listen, there are bad things that happen every single day, but these people have civil and constitutional rights. Why are we railroading them on every aspect? Every aspect. My husband was a law enforcement officer for seven years. I knew the system was bad. I just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. You know, and so we need to be the hands and feet of Christ to to these individuals and and to expose the system for what it really is. You know, it's supposed to be a rehabilitation system to get these individuals out. I can tell you that even even in this situation with my husband, the man who walked into jail on August 17th, that man is gone. That's the reality of this, that the person that I married, I've had to grieve the death of him emotionally because he's gone. The man that walks out of there is not going to be the same man. And there's there's a beautiful side side to that as well. But that's the reality of this for all of these defendants. And so we what we immediately do, it's, it's almost like past, present and future is kind of how we look at it. Why we got, in, got involved was because of January 6th, and what do we do presently is uh, the two main projects that we work on is visitation, funding families to go see their loved ones. Because when they were finally granted in-person visitation, they were so happy for about two hours, and then the reality of it hit. I can't afford to fly fly my family to Washington, D.C., pay for transportation, housing, and food, for them to be off work after, you know, after they're working two and three jobs to make ends meet, pulling my children out of school because they only let them see them on Fridays. And I, I can't afford that. I'll have to miss a house payment. I will have to miss, you know, a car payment, whatever that might look like. And so we were like, that's where the general public can help. And it has nothing to do with January 6th. You're just helping reunite families. But then the flip side of it is there's a lot of organizations out there that help fund defense attorneys. There's a 99.6 conviction rate in Washington, D.C. among January 6th defendants. And so in my personal situation, I was paying for a private attorney. And I had a very well-known attorney look at me and said, what are you doing? You've, 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 you've done everything. You, you're working two and three jobs to make ends meet and to pay for these attorneys. And you're fundraising for them. And you're doing all this stuff. You drained your life savings. For what? You haven't even gone to trial yet, and your husband's still behind bars. And I was like, wow. The first time in a year and a half, somebody was honest with me in this legal system. So I f- fired our private attorneys. I got a public defender, which actually we like more than our pri- <laughs> private attorneys, <laughs> but just the way it goes, right? Um and he was. We went he went to trial and was found guilty on all charges. And so now we are going to pay for an attorney for an appellant attorney to take his case to the next level, to have three judges look at it instead of one judge in a biased jury mm-hmm. to look at the case for what it's worth. But you've had how many defendants go through the system thus far? And they've have they've sold all of their assets. They've sold their life savings. And now They're just serving their time because they don't have the money for an appellant attorney. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the difference is of what we do as an organization. We fund the appellant attorneys to take these cases to the Mm. next level.
0: Which it's that's as sad as it is, that's what's going to have to happen is this is going to have to make its way to the Supreme Court. You know, and and what's really sad about that is the timeline. Like all of this should have been done. January seventh. Th- well, th- 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 that's been, where the process
2: yeah. is, the punishment, right? right? For for all these families, you know, the the trauma and the hurt extends to the families. It's not just to these individuals, and so you know they're never going to get this time back. You know, they've missed birthdays and yep. all kinds of celebrations. They've had people in their families that have passed that they they never even got to go to their funerals. That stuff. That that's the stuff that they're. It doesn't matter what kind of check the federal government would write them when all of this is exposed. Right. You're never getting that back.
0: No. And, ah, oh geez, there's so many, so many lanes on this whole thing because it just, it breaks your heart. Um, but at the same time, w- what we always do is, is we always talk hope, right? Yeah. Um, and, and one of our frustrations with especially conservative media and, and conservative commentators is they're always complaining and problems. There's not a whole lot of hope. Um, but I, what I appreciate in your whole discussion is your faith your hope. And it's not even hope of he'll get out early and, and all of this, like, and, and not that you don't have that hope, but your hope and faith is in the Lord that he's going to walk with you day in, day out on this. And that's where the faith is. That's where the, the relationship with the Lord is, is no matter your circumstance, your environment, no matter what's going on around you, the Lord is walking with you day at a time. And I think that's the biggest hope for everybody is knowing the Lord is walking with me day in, day out. And frankly, nothing shows that better than suffering. As sad as that is. No, for sure. Um, but I deeply appreciate your faith in all of this. Because uh, a lot of people can can throw the God label, but then when they get into the thick of it, right, <laughs> start putting their faith back in men. And yeah. they yeah. do. You know, and yeah. they do it. They do it all the time. Yeah. And it's... It's a sad thing because it's like, let's step forward. And the greats of the faith, like you were referencing earlier, like their story, the context, it's Gosh, like, dude. that's the example of faith that we're supposed to live out day in, day out. Right. You know, um, So as we kind of wrap this up, I want you, to, I, I know you, you have Stand in the Gap and people, where can people find that? First, let's do the plugs. Where can people find Stand in the Gap?
2: A stand in the Gap. Foundation. And okay. on there, it has uh, the information about what we do, how you can get involved, how you can help donate. And then all of our social links are at the bottom as well.
0: OK, cool. And. You've suggested, which I love, getting connected with the families or, or helping the families out, finding the families in your area, Um does Stand in the Gap have a directory of families, or is there a way so, to find those yeah, families? Yeah, so
2: we don't keep up with those. On on our page, you'll find Patriot Mail Project. They okay. are one of the organizations that you can find um, where these defendants are, where they're located. You can click on your state. It'll populate all the people that are in the, your state. It'll populate you know, age, um, race, whatever you want. They have filters on there. You can populate veterans, law enforcement officers, however you want to and it will have their personal fundraisers on there, but it also have how you can contact them.
0: Okay, cool. Any last words for listeners, for the viewers?
1: And hopefully not last as in with here. Right. (laughs) We're going to have you back when we're shouting (laughs) Joy's a victory and all (laughs) that stuff. If she wants to come back. If she wants to come back. You know, it's an open door, you know. I mean, (laughs) We're trying. This dog, and, <laughs>
0: this dog and pony show. <laughs> That's
1: two bit <laughs> show. Good night.
2: Um, I would just encourage people to get involved. You know what I mean? Like you said, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. You know, we we have a campaign going right now where uh, we, we get people to donate five dollars a month and find five people to do the same. Right? Because they're like, how are we ever going to pay these legal fees for these individuals? I can't make a house payment for them. But do you know how far five dollars goes for a family? You know, if, if, if you look at the numbers, if 100,000 people donated $5 a month, we would never have to do this sort of thing again. Right. We would be able to say, hey, you need an attorney? No problem. Let's write you a check. You want to go see your loved one? No problem. We'll write you a check. We're talking about 100,000 people. I mean, there were two, three million people there on January 6th. Like, yeah. where are those people at? why don't don't let your Green. your fear override you let your faith be bigger than your fear and get involved find find a way to get involved
0: mm. and let's let's put those numbers in context 340 million Americans okay so let's say half of the nation doesn't agree okay so that's what 170 180 so let's say you've got 170 million people that are politically somewhat agreeing sure. all you need is 100,000 given five bucks a month
1: yeah. that's
0: i think people need to put that in perspective all all we need is 100 given five bucks a month totally doable
2: yeah and, it is
0: and so i encourage check them out do your five dollars a month get a couple other people to do five dollars a month and let's see this exponentially grow yeah. And, and let's actually provide the resources yeah. and the necessity for those people who are in need.
1: And don't be cheap. Some of y'all can do 20, 25, yeah. 50. Come on. And find we five others who do 50. Yeah.
0: We, we see you. We see your wallet. I know <laughs> we
1: want to do it. I mean, I'm already on it. Yep. It's like, we, we know we want to help and, and do what we do. So um, I don't have any last words. I'm just so, like, amazed at what you're doing. Thank you know, you. It's crazy because, like, you meet, like I said, Joey Lynn from Texas and all these guys, and they're just pounding the drum, you know, mm-hmm. all by herself, it seems like. You know, her husband's doing stuff, but he's got to work so yeah. she can do what she's doing, you know.
0: I I want to do something that, that it's kind of a culture here yeah. where we come from, um, but we call it Speak Life. And I want Massey and I to speak life into you. And so what it is is it could be a word of knowledge, could be prophecy, it could be just an encouragement. Um, and I I want to encourage you of... Your faith is inspiring. And I sense that what the Lord is doing right now is he's using you in ways, and this will sound cliche, but let me walk it out. He's using you in ways that you didn't realize. But because you've been so faithful in the small things, you're actually ministering to others about the small things, which actually adds exponentially, right? And so I'm just getting an image now of... the the lady with the pots to fill the oil, right? And she just keeps bringing pots and the oil keeps overflowing and filling the pots as she brings pots. And I I feel like that's a word to you of just keep bringing pots to the Lord. Don't stop bringing pots. He's going to fill them with the oil, right? And and he's going to continue to fill you with the Holy Spirit of what he wants you to do and the, the process he wants to take you through. But the beauty is each pot that you bring to him to fill it helps other people around you and it's that exponential growth and so i just speak that over you of like you are a person who brings exponential abundance to others especially when it doesn't seem like it Mm -hmm. because that's the miracle of the lord and it can feel frustrating and can feel futile it can feel like you're just you're pushing against brick walls but what the lord's doing is is a hundred times more than just what you're seeing. And I think you're going to look back over these years and you're going to see just a wake of abundance that you provide to other people. You had no clue you were doing. Um, and so I just, I, I bless you with that. Like you are a provider of abundance to others without even realizing how much you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, same. I think, so I'm looking at you and I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what are you, what are you doing with her? Like, what's, what's going on, Lord? And it's, um, confusion's about to leave this year. I think you're going to find a, a new clarity. There's going to be two people I see, two to three, they're going to come right behind you and push this thing. Uh, but for me, man, I, what I love about God, and I didn't know this, I've been a Christian 22 years, not until about six years ago that I find out His love. You know what I mean? I was like a, I was a doer, that's what I did, and I'm going to go conquer the world, and we're going to save America tomorrow. So we did. You know, that's what we're doing. But I realize that God doesn't forget these kinds of things. You understand that? Like, he will not forget this with you. And what I love is he's going to say to you, not well done, thou good and successful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful. Big difference, you know, because to the world you might be losing. In his eyes, you're winning because you keep going back to him. You know, and you keep feeding on that water and that well because that's where the that's where the life is. That's obvious. But I think, too, I was reading this morning in Luke about uh, new wine and new wineskin. And uh, you're about to shed some skin this year. I really see the Lord doing some huge things with you. Uh, but I think three people. But we're also going to try to do our best to help you. Um, you're you're freaking incredible, man. I just I love people like you who are just so unassuming. But the Lord says He chooses the weak things of the world to confound the mighty, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm not saying you're foolish in the in the world. You're just losing it all for Christ and just doing the right thing, and that's so important. And um, what is it? Twain said it, in the beginning of a cause, a patriot is scarce a man because he's mocked, ridiculed, and scorned, but then the timid doesn't join him because then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Like, that's what I love about people like yourself is you're willing to take it all, and you may look like a fool at first, but all of a sudden over time, they're like, wait, she ain't a fool. You know, like Bugs Life wait a second (laughs) It's (laughs) you know what i mean and they all come behind it right come on you can find an analogy in everything yeah but just that and and so i bless you too uh you're just going to eat the fruit of your obedience Hmm. you're going to see it with your eyes you really will you're going to see the victory and uh, i'm just blessing you with that
2: thank you you know I'll close out with this. But one thing that, you know, leadership is lonely at the top, right? It's lonely. (laughs) Yeah. And and you don't realize until like you guys were talking, you know, one of the things that one of my friends told me a long time ago was Sarah, who's watering your garden? Mm. So you're always watering other people's gardens, but like who's pouring into you? Who's watering your garden? So thank you for watering my garden tonight. Oh man, you
1: kidding? You certainly certainly watered ours, man. That's that's I think tears water, bro. Like and sorry, sis. But like it's just the real deal. When someone goes through it, you can feel it. yeah, it's not a joke. This isn't like something that you know a lot of pundits will get on, and ah, you know yours is a a silent scream in a sense with power, and that's a real testimony from the lord you and know? and you're right, leadership is
0: lonely, right people don't <laughs> understand it yeah. and and not that we can fully understand what you're going through no. but but you get it because you, you start talking and you're telling people and it's like, when's somebody going to care about this? And I know you have you have a network yeah. and you have people yeah, yeah. supporting you. But, yeah, it gets lonely. It could just like the fight day in, day out. Well, I think know? people
2: look, you know, you can look it on the camera and you can watch interviews and be like, wow, she's really strong. But there are times that it gets awfully quiet in my household. You know what I mean? And it's like you can stay busy all you want to, but there's also a lot of quiet time and it also gets a little lonely, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it's like that's also where your faith steps in. You know what I mean? Where it's like that's where you can have that quiet time with the Lord. And a lot of people miss that because they're so busy in life.
0: Yeah. Well, we bless you. We're so grateful for you coming out. Um, You're supposed to be at church tomorrow night, correct? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm preaching tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, five. buddy, I got things to do. Hey, Actually, it's...
1: I could have done it now because it canceled. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. I just got the text. There's supposed to be a snowstorm, and I got canceled. I was supposed to go out this weekend, but <laughs> evidently not. As you can tell, we, have bro, we we perfect this. <laughs> this is so fun, man. I love doing this. And uh, no, man, we are oh, so grateful you. for you, Sarah. And and um, we're gonna keep sharing your stuff. And if you come back in the area, we'd love to have yeah. you i'm sure too if we had a little bit more advanced notice we could do something at our church you know but uh just because there's so much crap going on no, dude yeah. so much crap so we just sorry crap there's so much good stuff going on at our church <laughs> sorry great way to plug our yeah. mass <laughs> way to go we got crap
0: going on but anyways no thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it um and Again, standinthegap.foundation. dot Got foundation. foundation. Yes. We'll put up the standinthegap.foundation dot foundation. Go there. So, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All right, guys, back to Mike and Massey. We love you guys. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm laughing at me.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that's the interview. Okay. Hopefully, y'all are commenting and you know all these other things, but man. And you want to support that effort to Absolutely. help families. And I love that. She, Like you said before, I think he said it the night we did the interview. She's not um, looking for some kind of like attention. No, She's like, we need to help families who are going through this because right. they lost a brother or a provider, a father, a, yeah. a husband. And we need to provide. So it's great, man. So go to her. Organization's website and
0: foundation,
1: and um, want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. And just like you said, like that, that's what hits me about this whole thing. And I know I, I had spoken about it before. Of she's, I get it if somebody is passionate about getting their loved one out. Right. I get that. And I, I support that. And there are people who they're going around the nation talking about that. What I find so fascinating is she's using her platform not to just get her husband out. She's helping other families who are going through this and helping them get provision for what they need and and get resources and get taken care of because that's what the church is supposed to do. And I I'm I was blasted by it after we got done with that interview. Was, wow, this is I I'm so grateful we were able to have her on. So, thank you so much guys for tuning in. To the interview, remember, you can go to standinthegap.foundation. Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. If we can get 100,000 people to do five bucks a month, or how about this? 50,000 people at $10 a month. $10 a month. Ten. You pay more for your Netflix subscription than you would for this to help people in real-world real situations. That's a, that's a good way to put it. That is what one-and-a-half Starbucks cup, cups of coffee, right, Starbucks is like forty bucks for a cup <laughs> these days. You can help families for five, ten dollars a month. Yeah, if, if you
1: if you think about I mean, it too, man. Three hundred. You said it in the thing: three hundred eighty million people, or 300, 340 40 million, million people yeah. in our country, and a hundred thousand of us know these issues are going on. If we all pitched in five bucks a month, this how far that could would go? Be taken yeah. care
0: of, yeah. So to help families, go help, donate. Also, don't forget, go to the self-evident check us out, get yourself some merch, get yourself a book, get yourself a constitution course, help us help the nation. That's our goal, man. Providing Christ to the nation and teaching about the Constitution, the historical foundation, the biblical foundation of America, and giving people hope. That's our biggest Amen. biggest driver. Also, We'll have a podcast on Monday. It's going to be a barn burner. This is going to be a good one. You better listen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's about prophecy. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves prophecy. Should, should we these listen days? to every prophetic voice out there or should we really learn to discern what's going on? Right. So, we we want to be those people who understand the times. Right? Don't you? Yeah. Understand. Okay? That means understanding law and justice. God's word and the justice system. So, Tune in. It's going to be good. Here we go. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you all Monday. Love you all.